Hi, this is Ben Lowell, and this is Back to the Bible, Canada's Truth and Life Today with Dr. John Newfeld. And John, we have an interesting guest today, actually someone we've known for a while, I've known for many years, uh, Phil Calloway, who's the uh, what I like to call the, uh, the voice, the face, and the host of Laugh Again, uh, one of the ministries of Back to the Bible Canada. And it's an interesting ministry that really focuses on uh, truth speaking into the hope and joy in life that you can find in Jesus Christ, but he does it in a very unique way. Sure does. Uh, he, he uses humor, he uses storytelling, and uh, we're excited to be having the opportunity in just a few minutes to talk to Phil about his experience of Laugh Again. But right now, let's go into the Word. Yeah, let's go into the Word. So what do we say in, in uh, relationship to these things? So I wanna talk a little bit about hope and then the consequent about joy as well, but let's talk about what the Bible says about hope. You know, when we think about how we use the word hope in our language, I think hope always speaks about two things. Uh, optimism, and it speaks about uncertainty. So when you, you say to someone, man, I hope that thing's gonna work out for you. I mean, you know, you've got this optimistic feel, but you're not really sure it's gonna happen that way. Boy, I hope you get that raise that you're looking for. I hope your sports team wins the Stanley Cup or something like that. You're just not sure about it. And many of us approach hope that way. But the Bible sees hope very differently. In the Bible, uh, there's a certainty around hope that is not there in the way in which we use it. So, uh, you know, from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, we are told that there are three things that abide, three things that remain. The gifts of the Spirit that we have will not remain, but there are three things that do. Faith, hope, and love, and those three are the enduring qualities. So I wanna talk a little bit about hope. And I wanna do a case study, if I can, in the book of Romans. So the book of Romans mentions the word hope 12 times, and I'm gonna just give you a sampling of it. But the first time we find it is in Romans chapter four, and I'm reading from verse 18. It says, in hope, he, that is Abraham, believed against hope that he would become the father of many nations, as he had been told. And then he, it goes on to say that, you know, he believed against hope in that from a human vantage point, it was impossible for he and Sarah to have a son. They were well past the age of childbearing, but because God had made a promise to Abraham, Abraham was centered on that promise, and therefore the hope that he would have a child was as certain as yesterday's newspaper. Second uh, visitation of the word hope that we have comes from Romans chapter five. So let me begin to read the chapter. Paul writes, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, that is our sins are forgiven through the blood of Christ by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, let me stop there for just a moment because this hope that we have is the, the hope that we will be glorified and perfected in the end of the day. That is, God has made promises to us that are certain and that stand. And the promises relate to what will occur to me. I may be struggling with sin now, but my sins have already been forgiven in the cross, and I know that I will be perfected and made perfect in Christ, and that's my hope. 
and therefore I stand in that hope and I rejoice in it. So let's keep reading in Romans chapter five, and I'm now at verse three. It says, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, watch this, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, here again, we see a progression of virtues that God gives. First of all, God gives us suffering, but suffering is not for the sake of punishing us. Suffering is for the sake of producing something. So suffering, says Paul, produces perseverance. So first we suffer, and then as a result of suffering, we, we gain through the Holy Spirit working in our lives this steadfastness that we don't give way to suffering, but we, we stand courageous in the middle of it. Then after that, Paul says that that steadfastness produces something which he calls character or moral uprightness, or we're centered on something, we're not vacillating backwards and forwards, and then that character, he says, produces hope hope in the future promises of God. So, so think about it this way. If you're suffering today, and in your suffering you concentrate on what God has provided for you in the future, and what God has promised to you in the eternal ages that are to come. So your eyes are fixed on a future reward, and you don't take your eyes off it, you're not blinking, you keep on looking at it and saying, man, I may be going through a difficult time today, but I know that my best days are not behind me. I know that there is a great and glorious future that's awaiting for me. And so Paul says that we rejoice in that. That is, we're filled with joy because of the promises that God has made. So one more passage from scripture, and that's in Romans chapter eight, and I'm reading here from verses 23 and 24, wonderful passage of scripture. It says, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruit of the Spirit grown inwardly, watch this, as we eager, wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. So again, there's this future promise. For in this hope, we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? Now stop here for a moment and think about this. Everything that you and I see, the tangible, visible reality in which we live, the, the physicality of our environment, all of the things that we can touch and taste and smell and that are accessible through our senses, everything that we look as so permanent is passing away. One day it won't exist. But the things that we don't see, the promises of God, the hope of eternity, the redemption of our bodies, this, this promise of an eternal joy, that can never be taken away. And so faith and hope combine in this thing. We believe the promises of God and therefore we have hope. So let me end with this thought. Are your best days behind you? Are they ahead of you? Let's say you're 16, you're gonna say, well, my best days are ahead of me, but let's say you're 92. Your best days, if you trust in Christ, lie before you. That's why every believer has an optimism and a joy that simply can't be taken away. Hi, and welcome back to Truth and Life Today with Dr. John Newfeld and our special guest, Phil Calloway. 
Phil, you are the host, the voice, the face of Laugh-Again Ministries, a ministry of Back to the Bible Canada. And have been now, I think we're going on our fifth anniversary of the program coming in 2019. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. But you've been doing this for a long time. And yeah, uh, I was 23. You were 23. Yeah, Is that when right? I started, when you started, I think. Yeah, 28 now. 28 now. Yeah, Let's five go years. That. <laughs> okay. Tell me a little bit about Laugh Again. Tell me about uh, a little bit about your heart for the ministry sure. of Laugh Again. Yeah. yeah. Well, it started, I, I guess, between you and me at a, yeah. at a breakfast in Edmonton, Alberta, talking about a vision of bringing a short radio program across the country of Canada uh, that would have lots of joy and lots of hope in it. Um, because that has been my passion for many, many years, is, is combining those. Um, so it, it, it just, it took a very long time, Ben, but thanks to your persistence and a whole lot of prayer, by the way, um, God just opened some doors and it's been a remarkable thing. Uh, never expected to be doing this and to be doing it for five years, uh, yeah. but people have been so gracious. Uh, I'm, I'm really grateful. I think we're coming up on maybe a th close to a thousand episodes. Yes, we uh, are. Uh, Trust me. Wow. A thousand episodes, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. Yeah. And, you know, you're always telling me, you know, comedy is not that easy. <laughs> and know, coming up, I'm always looking for things you're telling me about what to talk about. But more important than that, because you are a great storyteller, uh, you're a funny guy. I, I was saying, saying to you earlier that I think other than your wife and kids, probably I've seen you live more than anybody else in the world. And I still laugh. Uh, but more than that, it, it, it's more about a walk with Christ, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, you know, frankly, there is no way I would be alive physically were it not for uh, his uh, uh, way in my life and all the way he has led me. What a remarkable journey it's been. Um, I, I've told you and told John that uh, years ago, um, I, I grew up at the age of four, I found out I was going into my mom's room. She was severely depressed, but we didn't talk about that. Yeah. It, she was sick. And so I went in there and I would cheer her up. And that's where I discovered, I guess, that comedy has this, you know, wholesome, good-natured comedy has this ability to, in that case, to raise her up from, from the bed and make breakfast. So it was my yeah. first paying gig. Um, but you know, you look back on your life and you see God's hand all the way along because yeah. God had to get a hold of my tongue. Uh, I was clean in front of my parents. I was not, uh, my tongue was not, my mind was not. Mm -hmm. And uh, God did a real work on, in my heart in, in my teenage years, though I still look back at those moments of being so far from him. Uh, yeah. But I began to discover that, that you know, humor can make people laugh, yeah. but the truth can bring those tears and this recognition of, oh yeah, yeah. okay. And I think those two aren't, shouldn't, shouldn't be separated. Uh, I, I mean, they, they come together in that way. And we've, we've seen remarkable things happen of people coming to faith in Jesus mm -hmm. um, through this. And, and it's just, you know, I, I know that God used Balaam's donkey to talk and he can use anyone, yeah. uh, but it is, it, it's always a surprise to me. And it, yeah. I'm always deeply grateful. Yeah. If I ever lose that, you guys won't let me lose that, will you? John, I'm, I, I'm thinking, I, I, I think I am remembering right that actually Phil came and spoke when you were pastoring. I was pastoring yeah, yeah. and uh, somebody had, had told me of Phil Calloway yeah. and I took a chance. I mean, because it came, it came from yeah. a recommendation of a guy that I respected. Yeah. But I was, I got to tell you, I mean, having a Christian comedian, I mean, I'm a Bible teacher, yeah. verse by verse exposition is serious stuff. Yeah. And I'm going to bring this guy in yeah. and he's going to make everyone chuckle for a, a sermon. I thought, well, I'm going to take a chance. Yeah. 
And you know what? I don't remember laughing so hard. And at the same time, I mean, you told that marvelous story about going by the graveyard, you know, and they were digging the graves. I hate to tell the story on you, but maybe I'm going to, you know, and and, uh, I think it was your son saying, look, Dad, one got out. And how you talked about, you know, that's what we have in the resurrection. And it was, it was, it was laughter connected with biblical truth. You know, I came out saying, man, I can go hear a comedian and feel closer with Christ as a result of that. Phil, that was a great experience. And here we are working together. I know. It's just, you know, it's it's, throughout my life there have been, uh, I wasn't smart enough to pray for some of these things, you know, and and God has been so good in opening these doors. It it just startles me. And to get into a church uh, like yours, uh, I can still see you sitting in the front row with Kathy. (laughs) And, and, you know, I'm well aware that I, you know, I I want God. Yeah, my arms crossed like that. Oh, yeah, you were, yeah, you were, you you looked like you could suck buttons off a sofa. You were just, no, you didn't at all. You were laughing. But uh, I'm very aware, aware of the fact that that's a sacred trust. Um, because I want God to be honored more than anything. If people go away talking about Phil, I've failed. I, I really want them to, to know the Savior. And, uh, you know, I've told uh, you that, that my eldest brother is on one of Canada's worst streets um, yeah. and not doing well. Uh-huh. And, and I just know that apart from the grace of God, that's where I would be too. Uh-huh. And so God, for some reason, has allowed me this. And, and so every moment, I believe, just needs to be filled with gratitude to Him wow. for, for yeah, what He's J- done. John, with your experience as a pastor, you looking back over the years, this is something that's really necessary to rekindle a hope and a joy in people's lives. You must have seen many people come in perhaps hopeless and joyless. Oh, sure. I mean, I, I you know, the... The nature of Christian preaching as such is that preaching is about grace. Mm. I mean, yeah, we do confront people in their sin, but we confront them with a God who is gracious, willing to forgive and provide them with an eternal hope that is abiding. And so I think that's that's absolutely necessary. So I don't know, Phil, I, I, you know, working together, Ben, with you and and then uh, with Phil, it's kind of been an interesting experience because I'm a more serious individual when it comes to scripture, verse by verse exposition. And Phil provides something of the heartfelt, joy-filled, not not a crass laughter, but a godly laughter. I mean, that's just been a wonderful experience for me to to work together with you, Phil. Well, I I think we would all admit that uh, those that are watching who don't know about the church or have been in one with, with perhaps bad experiences, uh, I think we've all had some of those and been in places that were not known for their joy. And I'm not saying you need to come into church and hear the minister making jokes at at all. That's not what I'm saying. But I think we need to be known as joy-filled people. Uh, I remember Johnny Erickson making a comment about how, you know, that that the one who who fills your gas tank, the one uh, behind the counter when you visit the grocery store, should see your joy. And, and that was just a, a bit of a slap in the face to me because often I'm just so busy and thinking of other things. And I think we need to be known, in, in particularly in the culture we're in now, as joy-filled people that experience the, the joy of Christ in the midst of the most difficult circumstances. That is one thing I've seen through the years that people cannot deny is your story of the hope that you have found in Christ in in hard times. That's perfect. You know, we're going to talk more. We want to encourage our viewers today as well. So uh, join us in just a couple more minutes, and we'll be back with Dr. John Newfeld and Phil Calloway of Laugh Again Ministries on Truth and Life Today. 
Well, welcome back to Truth and Life today with Dr. John Newfeld and special guest Phil Calloway, uh, the voice, face, and host of Laugh Again. And uh, we're grateful to have both you guys here today. Uh, Phil, let's continue in our conversation. Uh, tell us a little bit about your story, a little, little bit about, uh, uh, you know, uh, beyond, beyond the laughter, uh, beyond the storytelling, was there a time in your life where you really felt you, you needed more than that? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was writing books back in the late 1900s, and uh, they were they were funny books, and and they were more on child rearing. Um, so I can remember one day uh, I was writing an article on on marriage. I had just written out the line, "My visa card is missing, but the thief is spending less than my wife." So we haven't reported it yet, and I thought that was funny. How did that go over with your wife? Well, well not good. Not, <laughs> not well. I got a letter on that one from her. Uh, no, I, the phone rang. It was not funny at all. It was my wife on the line. She said, "Honey, help me. I don't know where I am. I don't know what day it is." And that was when my world kind of came apart. I took off running for home, didn't know, is she gone? Where is she? And uh, came in our front door. Our children were making their own breakfast in a stainless steel bowl. And Stephen looked up at me and said, Daddy, is Mama going to die? And I didn't know what he meant. I knew about my wife. She moved in next door to me in 10th grade. I made it my life Bible verse to love my neighbor as myself. Uh, but I, I um, came into the living room. She was stretched out unconscious on the floor, lying in a pool of blood, a large gash in her leg. Didn't know she just had the first seizure of her life and the first of many, many hundreds to come. So, you know, I, as a guy who uses comedy, you, what I'm going to tell you just, oh, we just laugh, ha ha. No, sometimes we hurt and, and viewers today know that. Uh, some are in the midst of who knows what. Where do we go in times like that? And the one thing I knew, the word together came to me. And I'll tell you, twice in my life I've had the image of a cross in my mind, I'm not one of these, you know, vision kind of guys, but I just knew that he did that for me. Wow. And there is nothing that I am incapable of doing in a positive way for my wife. And one of those things is to stay, to, to do this together. I had a guy uh, tell me uh, eventually as my wife began to have these seizures and she was down to 90 pounds and people didn't recognize her. And one of them said to me, you know, you should put her in a home and get on with life. And I just remember looking back at that and thinking, oh, wow, if I would have done that. You know, thank God we have three children who, who uh, by his grace, love the Lord. And uh, I wonder if that's possible sometimes when we make those wrong decisions, uh, whatever those decisions we've made that are, are wrong, we need to come back to him, uh, whatever that is today. I don't know if that speaks to someone out there, but that's been my story of, of finding hope. And, and he has done that. And my wife is doing well, not that all stories end that way. Uh, but despite all that we've been through, God has been there every step of the way, and he'll never take us anywhere that he has not been. He has been through it all, and so we can rely on him. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I know all three of us have been uh, privileged and almost shocked uh, by the way God has chosen to use the ministries of Back to the Bible, the ministry of Laugh Again and In Doubt and, and that. And uh, John, I know uh, we receive notes every day of people that have been impacted. Yeah. Has it surprised you what God can do? Uh, ben, I, 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 yeah, I must honestly say the ministry has grown beyond what I would have imagined. Yeah. Um, but I, in, in a sense, you see, what I do, I would argue, in some ways is easier, some ways harder than what Phil does. I mean, I am never coming up with my own material. Yeah. I mean, if I do anything at all, I want to make sure that I'm repeating back 
the, the thoughts and the intent and the main point of every single Bible text because that's enough. Mm-hmm. But I think what Phil has added to that is just this idea that in the end of the day, having heard the message of God's grace, mm-hmm. there is a, you know, it, um, what I'm gonna say lightness of heart, you know, what Phil has just talked about, it's not a lightness of heart that doesn't pay attention to the real pain and sorrow that's in life, but we walk through that sorrow with a lightness of heart, with a joy. And I think Phil continues to exemplify that. If I can tell a little story on Phil, and I told Phil that just while we were walking into the studio now, um, I remember being on a a cruise listening to you do a a set, and uh, we laughed our our heads off. And then afterwards, there was a a comedian that was operating in the ship, and it was supposed to be a family-oriented show, and and it wasn't. And Kathy and I walked out halfway through, but we said, man, we would, I mean, we would rather listen to Phil share and, and laugh. And then after we've laughed, we felt godly in our laughing. Yeah. We felt like Christ himself was pleased in our laughing and that laughter was a part of human experience. And I think that's the heart of the ministry that you've given, Phil, that laughter and the walk of Christ can be paired with one another. Yeah. It's a wonderful yeah. gift. Amen. Well, yeah. I, I thank the Lord for that. I, it's just, you know, I, I guess I got the goofy gene. and uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, to see God use that, it's just, honestly, it's just been one of the greatest surprises of my life. Yeah. So to get letters from people, um, to, to talk to a, a young guy yesterday, 14 years of age, it was his birthday, and his mom had asked me when I spoke somewhere, would you call him? And I did with delight, and he listens to laugh again every day. Um, all kinds of responses from people. A few people that tell me we shouldn't be laughing. You know, what in the world is going on? And, and no, I can laugh because of, of what Christ has done, forgiven me and promised me eternity with him. Wow. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. You know, we get multiple stories in about how people have been blessed uh, by the ministries of Back to the Bible and Laugh Again. And I'm, and I'm always shocked in some respects uh, to... Uh, to the way this, these programs can reach out and touch lives, people we will likely, most of which we will never meet. And, uh, but you've had occasion to meet some. Tell us, uh, tell us a story about someone you've met who's been impacted by Laugh Again. Well, this elderly lady, she was, she was, just, she was like my mother. I just loved this gal when I met her. And, and she just took my hand and she said, I wake up beside you every morning. <laughs> you know? And uh, I just laughed. Um, but you know, to, on a serious note, like a, a lady that lifted her sleeve, I've told you guys this, yeah. and just her, all the cuts and scars and just said, um, I wouldn't be alive were it not for this program. And she right. listens every day, and God has used the scripture, you know, that you expound so well. Uh, just a few verses that, that will get into someone's heart and mind and convince them, okay, I can live another day with God's help. And that's what we pray for. So many pray for this ministry, and that's, that's just so exciting. Thanks, Phil, and, and thanks, John. And, and uh, may God continue to use Laugh Again. And if you want to know more about Laugh Again or Phil Calloway, you can go to laughagain.ca and hear Phil's daily program there or all the resources that are available. Thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, come back in just a moment as uh, Dr. Newfeld and I will talk about some of the takeaways uh, from this great program today.
Hi, and welcome back to Truth and Life today. And uh, John, we've had a great opportunity to chat with one of our good friends, Phil yeah. Calloway, and uh, and to hear his enthusiasm about what he does, but also I think the seriousness yeah. of what he does. Huh? How do you understand that? What do you what do you see in Phil's ministry? Well, uh, Ben, I have a memory of Phil, and. Uh, I remember him uh, ministering to a man whose wife had recently passed away, and I was just watching the ministry. And just his heart of love and compassion, uh, which is really quite remarkable for a person who's as funny as he is. And I know he wasn't as funny today as we've seen him on the stage, but there is an authenticity around the man that really has this joyful, hope-filled spirit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and really, he has a priority in what he does. It's 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 about storytelling. It's about humor. It's about lifting your spirit. But there is a there's a real underlying priority to what he does. Yeah, there's a godliness and a biblicism. And you know, Ben, I think both of us have mentioned this when we've listened to him that you know you can you can laugh and enjoy yourself, and you walk out and say, why did I spend so much time laughing? And in the process, felt myself so much more drawn to my Savior. Yeah. There's a remarkable, you know, confluence of these two things that I see in his ministry. I think it's unique. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Well, thanks so much, John, and, and thanks for joining us today at uh, Truth and Life Today. And remember, if you want to know more about Phil Calloway, more about Laugh Again, go to laughagain.ca. And remember to join us again next week right here on Truth and Life Today. <laughs>